0: Hello everybody and welcome to H.Y. Dyslexia podcast. We are very pleased to have received funding from Wombardin Foundation. Um, And this funding particularly is to support the dyslexic community um, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, We we feel so privileged to have uh, the amazing Emma Orsop. She joined us last week and spoke about anxiety. And today we're talking about fear. Um, And I think from time to time, we all go through fear um, in our lives. Um, I've often battled with it and kind of wondered, am I just imagining things or is fear actually quite real? And I've got a couple of um, you know, work colleagues or friends who were psychologists and we say, actually, sometimes you're just kind of just imagining things that are not real. Um, I've got fear for so many things. Um, fear of heights, fear of lifts, fear of getting it wrong fear of what if i spell it wrong um always type of fear um is what i live with to the extent that i think is having a huge impact in my life actually so i then had to go to um the talking therapy to get help and I'm, I'm slowly getting there it may be something that stems back from childhood it could be anything but um today's topic would be quite interesting to hear um what you can share with with our listeners and um what we could do about fear. So I'll do a little bit of introduction about myself. So my name is Elizabeth Tetchy, I'm the founder of a i Dyslexia. Um, our, our, our story started from a very desperate place. And to find out more about how and why a was set up, you can always Google and find out a bit more. But today we have the amazing Emma O'Sop, who is a um, neurodiverse uh, practitioner, as well as dyslexia and dyspraxia specialist. I think they both mean the same thing. Only one is a partial word and the other. Yeah. So Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to A2 Dyslexia Podcast. Tell me a bit about yourself and also tell our viewers who you are and what you do. And, and and why you think fear is something that should be discussed, particularly during these unprecedented times.
1: Thanks, Lizzie. That's what a lovely introduction. So hi everybody, my name's Emma Alsop, and I'm a, as Lizzie said, a dyslexia, dyspraxia specialist. Um and I work I coach and mentor and train people who have specific learning differences um, both in the workplace and in their university studies I've done this for quite a long time now and uh, I'm also the mother of a dyspraxic a successful dyspraxic learner Um, so I have quite a lot of insight in how to shape and support people through the the successes, but obviously some of the difficulties that they ha, uh, meet
0: in their daily lives. Absolutely. So. And I think it's really important that you actually said there's successes, but yeah. also, I mean, a lot of people talk about dyslexia as a gift, dyslexia as a superpower, mm-hmm. dyslexia is that. And yeah. some of them are actually... It's not like that. It's not quite like that. Mm. It's all great having all these fancy words, but let's get real. We do have our huge struggles as well. Yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely. Daily life can present people with specific learning difficulties. After all, it is actually uh categorized as a as a disability and uh, according to the quality act 2010 so um it can impact you not just in study people classically for example with dyslexia think of it as impacting your reading and writing and learning but it can affect your daily life um being able to remember what time the train is and get all yourself yourself ready in order to leave the house by a certain time having made sure that you've washed your head you know washed your washed your hair brushed it dried it cleaned your teeth got yourself dressed Um, it can be a big ask doing that day in day out and then we have covid and there's different things again
0: so of course i totally agree with you and um, i've often said to people it's dyslexia in itself for me as much as all these three areas or four areas or five which is reading writing spelling memory retention short-term memory pronunciation all those things that go with it mm. I can leave that behind at five o'clock
1: yeah. but in my
0: daily life that still carries on you know I still got to tell the time I'm mm. still got to make sure that you know um, mm. I'm measuring things right in, in the right mm. way mm. I've still got to get on my daily lives I've still got to remember this the, the, the name of the road yeah. if that building's not locked it's locked, been knocked um, down I'm, I'm in i'm in a chaotic mode you know mm. at that point mm. so it's not just reading writing spelling it's mm. more than that and you definitely can agree with that yeah yeah right yeah awesome so thank you for for that little bit of introduction emma it's great to kind of find a bit more of what you do i'm diving straight into my first question which is <laughs> what is fear what is fear
1: right Okay, so do you know what, when I, I thought that that question might come up, obviously, before we start talking about the impact on people with dyslexia, dyspraxia, so I actually reverted to a dyslexic's nightmare, which is I went to the Oxford English Dictionary, <laughs> everybody hates dictionaries, and looked for what the definition was, and it's, it's an emotion of pain or uneasiness caused by a sense of danger. Uh, or, or possible evil, in fact, I think it said. So, so if you're thinking about it for someone with dyslexia, um, yeah, fear's going to fear's going to be there, isn't it? Because the sense of danger that someone has uh, with dyslexia might come from being having to to read something, read something aloud, read write something. Um, it may challenge their memory, their working memory, their processing speed, being able to be given all of this information. For example, I would imagine some of your listeners, podcast listeners might need to listen to this again if they're given loads and loads of information because it's hard to retain it all at once. Um fear of overloading their brain there is something called your cognitive load that means how much information we can hold in our brain at one time and for someone with dyslexia dyspraxia that may be really difficult um yeah. if you're then experiencing so you're experiencing that on a day-to-day basis possibly anyway because your daily life as someone with dyslexia dyspraxia is uh, can be mean facing your fears there's also a fear of failure a fe- mm-hmm. fa- fear of being stuck because the thing is is that you've got a hidden disability so it's it's not like someone might know so you might be a bit fearful of being found out mm-hmm. a bit fearful of seeming stupid so that's a that's daily life yes. for someone yes. it can be absolutely um, so then so, yeah, so that's, that's the context that we're dealing with. So for fear in general and then fear for dyslexics, it's there, it's real, it's in their daily life.
0: And, and I think for me, um, growing up has always kind of been, what if, no, I've always said to myself, I'm not going to get it right. And, and I think it's just recently that my partner would say to me, stop saying that, let's do it. And if it's not done right, we'll correct it. But before I even have to start, I don't normally say, I don't think this is going to turn out right you know, and I've got that embedded in my head and that in itself has giving me fear to even start. Yeah. So yeah. because I've got a negative mind to start it, mm. obviously it doesn't turn out right. Yeah. And I normally confirm and I am like, well, I knew I wouldn't get it right. Mm. Um, mm. And that comes with, if you're not careful, it comes with self-esteem as well, doesn't it? Definitely. And then you knock your confidence completely mm. because mm. you weren't able to. Definitely. And then what makes it even more difficult? I'm not going back there again mm-hmm. because the fear of not, not getting it right again. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that reaction that you you described about, Mm-mm, I don't know whether I'm going to do it, is, is natural, isn't it? Self-preservation. Um, the thing is, is that people who don't have a learning difference don't understand what that might be like to be faced with something monumental like an application form for a job mm. and think, I really need this job, but I can't. I don't know how I'm going to cope with filling that application form and forget about the personal statement. Poof, okay. You know, um, those sort of things. It can be really, really, uh, yeah, really fearful moments, and these these happen. We take this for granted when, if if you're if you are not. Um, uh, not dyslexic, dyspraxic. You take this sort of thing for
0: granted, so absolutely, you know. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I still sometimes I still shed a tear. You know, working from home, and I when you're in the office, you could always shout, "Someone, how'd you spell that? Yeah, oh, have I got that right?" But when you're at home and you're working alone and you're relying on Google, or you're relying on Suri, and Suri spelt it, and I'm still fighting with Suri, going, that's not right, and I'm battling with myself, and sometimes I'll break into, I will break down, and I'm I, I'm a human, so. When mm-hmm. things get a bit overwhelming, the tears will start flowing in, yeah. and And then I thought, well, you know, what's wrong with me? Yeah. And then it takes you back to where you are. It's a visual circle, isn't it? It can't is. Cut them out of it. it is. And then there are days when you can get that stuff done, those creativity and all those things are just flying out of your, your brain. And it's just a wonderful feeling. Yeah. You know, so yeah. um, it, it can up and down hey, Definitely. You know, I always say, you can't have it all. You mm-hmm. know, we, we've got the amazing creative skills, but yet yeah, we're lacking another. It's just a matter of um, going with your strengths, knowing what you're good at, and just keep running with it. Absolutely, basically. yeah, absolutely. So my next question then will be: How can dyslexics overcome fear during these unprecedented times? How do you think we can become? It's a
1: great, a- it's a great question. The thing is, is that I, I as I use that phrase about the cognitive load, the amount of information that we hold in our brain, um, you know, dyslexics can sometimes find that hard to hold a lot of things in their brain at one time under covid we've had lots of new things you can go out you can't go out you need to learn all of the rules and regulations about where to wear a mask where what this information means about the infection rates this r rate you know all of these things that have implications for our for all of our well-being and a dyslexic is meant to take all of those on and respond to that change and Already with a cognitive load with their uh, their ability to hold things in their brain compromised, di- you know, having difficulties. So it it's really all of this plus the fact that it's a very emo- you know there's high stakes. It's a very emotional time. Mm. People are getting ill, and there are suffering losses within their family So it it can mean that with all of that, with, with holding all of that in their minds. Um, or trying to that it can have even more an impact they may even feel more dyslexic they may Mm -hmm. think i'm going i'm 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 actually more dyslexic than i was 10 years ago and it's because their cognitive the brain the load that they're having to carry and balance all of these things we're working from home we're homeschooling we're doing all of these extra things uh, and learning all of this extra information about this pandemic it can take its toll so yeah it'll take longer for things to be be done and
0: i'll be honest with you when um, i look at all the statistics that the beginning of the lockdown we literally have a visual wouldn't they let's say the bbc news Mm -hmm. will have like a monitor with all these figures and all these R numbers and whatever it is Mm -hmm. and i used to sit here thinking i don't get any of this Mm -hmm. all i know is that i can't go out But I Mm. actually don't get any of it because it's quite technical, the words they're using. And up till now, I'm like, what is our number? And I'm like, okay, does that mean I just can't go out anymore? Mm. Mm. So the theory is a lot more. Because remember, it's about, I think even with all this COVID and everything that's happening, it's it's something completely new that we're all learning. But when you've got a learning difficulty like I have, Mm. it's double double whammy because you're having to even understand what that COVID-19 means in the first place. Yeah. And in, all I know is that don't go out, Lizzie. Mm. And the more you stay in, the more you can't stay in forever, no. basically. You can't no,
1: can you? no, no. So I think the thing is, is what can what can dyslexics do then is, yeah. A, reduce the expectations. So then they reduce mm. the load on themselves. So they can acknowledge the weirdness of the situation. This is weird. It's the sort of thing that, you know, film, script writers are put in a film, don't they? This is very, very strange what we're living through. And then set aside times when it doesn't all blur into one where you're not having to be super parent, uh, run your own, do your job, run the house um, and and keep up to speed with what you can and can't do. So make sure that you have some structure and that you get some rest and play as well as doing these jobs. So be kind to yourself,
0: really that's all you can do to be honest mm-hmm. with you. you. You really can't do more than that. And if you try to cram it all in, that's mm-hmm. when all the other um, sort of anxiety, stress, and all those kind of things come into place. Because even people without dyslexia, if they're struggling, mm-hmm. how much more? Um, mm-hmm. You know, someone who's got a specific learning. And obviously people losing their jobs and all sorts of things going on at the moment. So um, we just want to even say thank you to the Wombuddin Foundation uh, during this podcast. Just say thank you for... You know, supporting such an amazing um, way of communicating with, with dyslexics, because if we had to go out and read about fear, I mean, you know, or read about anxiety, or read about all those things, it, it probably will not even have the same meaning. Yeah. When you're listening to a podcast, you know, you can actually—it's human, isn't it? So you can hear someone talk about it you might feel a lot better than maybe um, going to find out a bit more in terms of uh, written stuff. So thank you for that information. That's really great. Thank you for that answer as well. So what will will be the role of education or what would it look like after the COVID-19 pandemic, particularly for the dyslexic community? Yeah,
1: this is a a really interesting question because as we've watched with the um, students and schools, um, People have had to be homeschooled, and similarly, at uh, for for university students, um, they've they've all received online inclusive and accessible learning. They've been able to learn at home. It's been uh, paced at their own timing, and so it's kind of equalised stuff a lot for people with dyslexia, dyspraxia. Plus, also they might have had um, they might have had. Uh, Uh, longer they won't have had exams for example we know that for the A A levels and the GCSE students they've not Um, and I know in universities they've actually had 24-hour assessments it's made it much much uh, more dyslexic friendly to be able to take your time over an assessment Mm -hmm. so so that that I'm hoping can continue and I know in the short term while we while society while uk finds out quite what the impact is of the pandemic that that will continue there certainly will be uh, a degree of that obviously schools are intending to go back in september i'm i'm worried about the fact that for dyslexics there could be the pressure of going back to exams um you know uh making making apologies for the fact that they have a disability when Mm. at the moment they have a very inclusive and accessible arrangement um and and you know they've had a taste of what learning could be like for them much more supportive and suddenly that that could be taken away and i really worry about that actually Mm, um mm. they've learned new practices and been able to flourish uh, given the other aspects, the the other impacts of COVID, they've mm. they've been able to deal with that. But actually I am concerned what was it that it's like? you no, know, yeah. what will it what will happen? So
0: Yeah. Yeah. And no one's got that answer at the moment, Emma. I no. don't think no one has. No. It's just like, you know. No. And I guess it, that in itself is fear to someone. As you know, I'm listening to them like actually that's a bit worrying now. Because yeah. Yeah. you know for example for me, if I've got to go back into the office working it's that like i've actually really enjoyed remote working mm. but if i don't go back to how we used to if i can cope mm. with something like that then yeah we we'll yeah. wait and see how that goes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well and this is it, it makes it quite interesting to 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 actually speak about fear um and now we're thinking about that as we're talking isn't it yeah very
1: yeah what, what yeah. could
0: happen so yeah. that was that that's just an amazing yeah and no one's got the answer so we just have to wait and see i guess no and
1: i mean look schools are going to be going back aren't they in september and now there's you know they'll be wearing masks and how how are people how are people going to uh kind of direct that and support that you know it it's it's really challenging enough um (laughs) I yeah Yeah. you know um so yeah
0: Mm. right i mean I. I know what it's like to, to live with fear. And um, from childhood to, to where I'm sitting now, um, even though a lot of people say, oh, Elizabeth, you come across really confident, yeah, great. Until I face certain challenges, I'm like, God, it's a stumbling block. So I am worried. I have a mm. 10-year-old who mm. has to go back to school, you know? Mm. And there is fear there, but hey, I've got to, you, you've got to go with it. You mm. can't keep her at home 24 seven. She's no, got to go absolutely. out there and learn absolutely yeah i'm sure schools and things will put measures in place and we, 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 we have to be hopeful we'll mm. be next but mm. i think partic- particularly this this topic is more about you know the, the fear for people with um SEN education needs you know how, how would that be but We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that answer, please, Emma. That's, That's really right. lovely. That's right. Now, it brings me on to my last question. When this pandemic is gone, when it is gone, we're hoping it will mm-hmm. be, will people with dyslexia be able to go back to some kind of normality or will fear work in their minds? What do you think about this? Or have we just kind of covered that, I think, in a way?
1: Well, yeah. no, I, I, think, I think what's interesting is that I suppose it depends whether that fear has become so embedded because we... We all experience fear, uh, you know. Yeah, I, when lockdown eased and we were we were able to go out a bit more and and socially distance, but mingle with people, um, there was a fear um, about COVID. So it, it's just whether it becomes kind of embedded. It kind of sits with you all the time. So I think what's important is, uh, or I suppose this is more a question of whether the fear has become kind of embedded in in people in in dyslexics and whether it's actually becoming more of an anxiety and becoming out out of spiraling into affecting thoughts feelings and behaviors like we talked last time so it's it's important then to to think about applying strategies that can can help reduce the fear it it won't go away i mean in a way we need to have a little bit of fear about this because this is serious and it's life-threatening. So we do need to think about how that impacts us and, and our loved ones. However, um, we do need to, as you said, we need to fight it. We need to have some techniques in place. But if it gets to the point where it's affecting everything, the way we think, the way we behave, the way we feel, and it's, it, it's limiting our lives to the point where we just can't go out, that we become in this little cocoon. then you know, we do need to go beyond techniques and think about refer- going to our doctors and... Yeah, um, but I, I do think yeah. that we can get back to some sort of normality. It's, uh, the thing is, is that it, if, 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 if um, dyslexics have adapted to this normality, they may have taken some of the new ways of working. So, I mean, remote working, no travel, reduced face-to-face, fewer meetings and minutes to read all of these can sound like yeah that's great who who might want that again I don't know whether <laughs> I want that again um, so you know the, but the, I think what is really important to know and to remember and you've referred to it which is when you talked about fight it Lizzie and move on is actually that um, dyslexics ha- are extremely resilient
0: Mm-mm. they're
1: having to problem-solve every day they're yeah. having to work around their fears about being you know uh, not being able to read or write in order to express what they know their knowledge and skills so actually i i think i have great faith in in dyslexics to have mm. to show their usual resilience and be able to bounce back um they can respond to change they'll often be the innovators anyway so you know, we may well look to them to lead us out of this pandemic.
0: (laughs) Of course, yes. And in fact, we have actually done an interview with someone who is severely dyslexic, but managed to do his degree, his master's, his PhD, and is actually working with the the team of, um, uh, what is it, when they measure the COVID... um, I, I don't know the word for it, but kind of um, keep an eye on wh- where is that and what's going to happen. And it was really amazing to have interviewed him. and you know actually we are sort of the world changers, really, aren't we? Yeah. You know? And, and I actually had a meeting with someone today, um, who said that to. Honestly, we were talking about like B-Tech and A-Level and the person was actually saying, well look, all the people that did the B-Tech and passed the b this is, we're reaping from what they learned. So for example, we've got people in, in a creative industry and so health and social care and, and you know, um, nurses that might have done the B-Tech route to get mm-hmm. to where they are. Mm-hmm. And it was so amazing to just hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, hey, we, we don't know what the future holds, but it, we have to be positive. Mm-hmm. And I think we'd have to kind of not think about fear and and hope that things will get better yeah. regardless of what it might be and um, i know a lot of people that have contacted us and going back to uni mm. in september and thinking do i go or do i defer will i be taught via zoom mm. um and pay nine grand and be taught via zoom mm. or do i travel to i don't know brighton or whatever that place might be mm. to go and do my degree but it's all questions that no one's got the answer for definitely at the not. moment definitely yeah. not no uh, to see really won't we that's it that's all we can do Mm -hmm. so just the last bit then just Mm -hmm. before we end the show Mm -hmm. or end the podcast rather Mm -hmm. what are the top tips and advice on fear what would you say to someone with neurodiversity Mm -hmm. um and what top tips would you give us yeah Mm
1: -hmm. okay so i think crucial first of all is your emotional response to fear Mm -hmm. so deal with it with self-acceptance and compassion in other words kindness to you starts with you So in other words, acknowledge that you might have difficulties just as you would have done before COVID Mm -hmm. and it might actually, you know, be impacting you more severely. Talk about it with someone who understands you so that it helps reduce the size of it. It doesn't seem like this big and it can be reduced down. Um, Think about what steps you can take to reduce the, the fear. So practical things, because your emotions are there. That that fear is is an emotion. So think about what you can do practically, and then and then kind of take action. Don't sit and wait. Do do something to fight that fear. Um, uh, there's there's sort of strategies. In fact, I think um, if you're feeling that you're kind of you need to focus on a task and you're kind of um, frozen to the spot maybe um set yourself a tiny goal and set yourself a deadline and then if you get that if you meet that goal then um reward yourself so whether that's right i'm going to start filling in this job application form um and i'll get to i'll fill in all my personal details and then i'm gonna have a cup of coffee And I'm going to do that in 15 minutes. And then when you do that, it's ka-ching. That's great. Right. Now, what am I going to do next? Or go and do something else. But it helps you feel like, okay, I'm winning here. Bit by bit Mm. by bit. Um, So what other things could you do? Um, Go for things that boost your mood. So those could be things that help you feel like you're part of a community it might be that you need to c- connect with people online you know have a bit of a chat like this um yeah. or go out in, in a in a obviously under say under uh, appropriate social distancing um circumstances but go out and and be with others so so that you reduce that fear um i don't know do mm-hmm. these do these mm-hmm. feel like they're they would be helpful lizzie what do you think
0: Absolutely. I think it's absolutely spot on. Mm. Honestly, I think all you've just said is just so amazing. And In fact, when we eventually start sharing the podcast, these are some of the top tips that we would put in a caption. Because um Because I know that in terms of, um, for neurodiverse uh, people, dyslexia, dyspraxia, dyscalculia, ASD, autism, um, Tourette's and all those that comes with it, mm. people will have that kind of, what do I do now? You know, mm. People without mm. neurodiverse mm. are probably as fearful as we are. Mm. And then for us, it's just double whammy. But mm. I think the, the, the top tips you've given is excellent. You couldn't say you have said it any better.
1: I think it's really important to forgive yourself because if you don't forgive yourself what you'll do, the only motivation that you, you will experience is to avoid it and to be frightened. But if you forgive yourself and go, mm-hmm. okay, so I am dyslexic. I'm going to find... Um, uh, writing notes up after this meeting challenging so just be kind to yourself forgive yourself about it and then it stops you from going I'm too frightened to even touch this you actually do mm. tackle
0: it give it a go yeah you know given it uh, absolutely absolutely and I think sometimes as well and I think sometimes we'll worry over worrying mm. we'll worry over nothing mm. I mean I know COVID is a serious thing mm. but prior to COVID I would go th- be worrying about something that hasn't even happened yeah. you know yeah. and um yeah, yeah that can happen as well and i'm like oh what if what if and then i'll get my partner said well, what if it does work yeah or what if you know you, you try it out and see mm. i've got fear of heights i can't go as far as as, as far as standing on a stall to, to even reach for something and you know sometimes it's all in the mind as well isn't it Rather than um, imagining that something's going to go drastically wrong
1: but i think um, it's also probably a degree of your self-preservation probably some way back you perhaps mm. fell over when you tried to do that so perhaps. you're protecting yourself perhaps yeah. i don't know but we we mm. protect ourselves don't we because it's like i don't want to go through the pain of falling and mm. also um the embarrassment if i've you know, there's all yeah. sorts of things we just look after ourselves you know yeah. it's a very yeah. human instinct absolutely um but it's when it becomes become self-limiting um and you or you avoid things another one that i wanted to share with listeners just in case they uh, podcast listeners in case they have difficulty kind of starting things and being able to stay on task there's a there's a fantastic productivity app called forest and what it is is that you it's i think it's on an um an apple app and what it does is that it um it 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 plants virtual trees for however long you stay on your task so say for example lizzie you were writing a personal statement to go and study at a university Mm -hmm. and you were like i really don't want to do this you could then sign up to this app and it will give you it will reward you with pretend trees Mm -hmm. um in order to keep you and you will score little points every time and then eventually the organization will plant real trees so for people who want to benefit the environment i know i yeah go and scratch your head i know a client told me about this and Mm. and it's a phenomenal app and it makes them because they want to support the environment they plant they get all these mini trees planted and if you leave the task before you're meant to finish before you're finishing it it kills the tree on the on the app so i know fascinating i love it i I know i know it's really it's really good go and go and see it's really great fun and i'm i'm starting now to recommend it to anybody who is sort of Finding that they can't stay on task. They're finding that the enormity of what they're meant to be trying to do is like, I don't want to go near it. So try this productivity app.
0: So. Oh, that's amazing. So, again, we'll, we'll, when we share the podcast, we'll share that in the um, caption as well, just to, you know, for people to try that out. Because I love the idea of I'm the type that will probably see it through because I want to see that tree. So I then, you know, I want to see my tree be planted. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I, I would probably stay on, on that track. And what an amazing. Um, you know, creative idea it to, is. to to um, be able to fulfil a task and get something at the end of it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, well, it's better it's really than great. Candy
1: Crush, isn't it? Let's face it; it's better than playing those silly yeah. Candy Crush things. <laughs> then they actually get to pretend to plant trees, and then I think they are linked with an organisation that plants uh, trees. Trees for the future, I think they are. So they actually do plant real trees in in real life. So sometimes the 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 fear you need to kind of tackle it i mean i'm not saying that you um you should take risks but i think sometimes kind of pushing ourselves a bit and moving out of that feeling of fear is important uh it's often Um, where we make our progress actually i
0: agree with you yeah Um, i agree with you entirely emma i agree with you and thank you so much that's right joining a 2 our dyslexia podcast um j- just to this is to our uh, listeners we will obviously we will share the podcast at some point and um we would love to hear your feedback on, on some of the topics that we've been speaking about and if you can share your comments or thoughts with us that'd be amazing we just want to say thank you very much to the amazing emma Osop. you can find emma on linkedin twitter um not too sure about instagram you're not in instagram no, not, on instagram. Or maybe not photogenic Right. So we will share all those details. And if anybody wants to connect with Emma, she's got her own organization called The Enhancer, and she is so phenomenal. And I'm not just saying that because I'm, you know. A- I've got her on our podcast um, show, but she is actually an amazing person who has been working with um, people with dyslexia, dyspraxia, and autism and all all, um, other conditions for many, many years. And she's experienced in her work and and will make you feel so different. Every time I speak to Emma, I come out so, um, I come out a different person, if I can use that word. Wow, thank you, She's such an inspirational person. That's lovely and so, um, which um, you know, we will obviously share with you at another time. Emma, take care of yourself. Look after yourself, and Thank um, keep you. doing the job that you can do. Thank you. Well done. Thank
1: you, Lizzie. Thank it's you. a great podcast. Thanks for inviting me. It's been You're an awesome. honour.
0: Bye bye for now. The Aspire to Inspire Dyslexia Podcast is funded by the Wimbledon Foundation and presented by Elizabeth Tashi. It's produced by Salt and Pepper Productions.